Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Story on the Spot. My name is Jim Heskett. Over there is Nick Thacker. Down there it says Malcontent. That is Mr. Ari McGee. And down here is Craig A. Hart. And we will be right back after the intro. All right, that's the intro, and hey, we want to welcome back Craig, who is our uh, full-time permanent recurring occasional special guest. Welcome back to the show, Craig. Thank you. Hey, Craig, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? Coffee. Mm. So uh, it's important to note that that Craig, that our full-time permanent recurring occasional <laughs> special guest, he is so fancy that when he first showed up on the show the first couple times, his audio was bad because his microphone was too good for our show so craig had to go out and buy a cheap usb microphone to slum it with us that's how high class and how one percenter craig is <laughs> well i'm glad i'm down here now it's just the pressure's off it's all good he also uh, just... his yacht didn't have good enough internet connection so he had right. to go buy a house <laughs> in order to, to get better internet oh, the things i do for the show i know it's amazing. All right. So last week we had episode 17 and we have a winner from that episode. And that winner is Mr. Nick Thacker. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> One for 17, boys. <laughs> Did it take him seven years to do it or has he been a winner before? <laughs> it was cumulative. Right <laughs> I felt bad for Nick, so I added up all his votes on all the first 17 episodes. <laughs> and close. even then, you had to fudge the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's. we have a bonus word today. The mm -hmm. bonus word is nincompoop. So anytime you can work the word nincompoop into a story, you'll get an extra point. And if I get to it in time, you'll get the, oh my God, secret word, cherry gif that I put up there. If nincompoop. one is personally a nincompoop, does that automatically mean I win? Um, if, you if you metaphysically embody the state of being a nincompoop. I mean, I think it's the understood nincompoop, you know, like the understood <laughs> you. It's like we just understand that most of us are nincompoops, and so it should count. Well, know? we are, yeah, we are. I on mean, on that on that basis, so. all of you get in a get start with one point. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Let's dive into some stories. I am going to read these uh, news of the weird stories, and then these three guys are going to pitch, and then you, watching and listening, you will uh, vote after the story. A man in Plymouth, England, was detained after officers working nearby heard a commotion and looked up to see the man struggling with a seagull and biting it. He sunk his teeth into it before throwing it to the floor, a police spokesperson said. The man told police the seagull had attacked him, trying to get his McDonald's meal, and also volunteered that he was under the influence of drugs. The seagull was clearly injured by the incident but flew off before we were able to check on his welfare, police said. The man was taken to a hospital for treatment. No word on if he ate his McDonald's. So now it's up to one of the three of you to be the sacrificial lamb to go first. I'll do it. I'm glad. RA's ready. Yeah, man. I like getting this out of the way. All right. So if you will think back maybe four or five uh, episodes, we had a story about uh, uh, pigeons and seagulls that were 
attacking people in public. And we had used, uh, Nick had said something about like a Morris code light where we were uh, uh, directing them and stuff like that. Well, I think that this is a continuation of that story. Okay. I think that the villain from the previous story, you know, once our illustrious show put so many eyeballs on his schemes, you know, he kind of had to go underground a little bit, you know, and he's still uh, trying to work out his schemes and his plans, uh, but he can't use pigeons anymore. So he's using uh, seagulls because obviously no one will notice if he's using a different type of fowl. So I think that uh, it was a hit. I think our guy from the uh, the McDonald's drug addict um, did something wrong to the to the villain. And uh, this was his payback. And so it was a way for him to to send his birds on a test run to see, you know, their efficacy. And it was also a way for him to get back at a rival and, you know, peck him and steal his McDonald's. And unfortunately, you know, the bird flew off and died. So he lost one of his, uh, one of his birds, you know, in the attack. And so our villain is, you know, cursing the nincompoop that bit into his, his attack seagull. So. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Lisa Badger wants us to know that British seagulls are vicious. So mm. it could be this story could be not exaggerated at all. Could be uh, maybe the seagull actually did try to attack him. So Nick or Craig, Nick, or if you are awake enough, you could go. Or- I got it. Um, all right. So first of all, this is me in the story. So I was personally there. Uh, so I can tell you exactly what happened. Uh, it's an automatic point for me. Um, <laughs> no, but so the, these are actually drones made up to look like seagulls. And what's been happening is that McDonald's has been tasked with implanting chips in everybody, like microchips, tracking devices in everybody in the world. Um, and so you eat the you eat their meals, you're automatically chipped and tracked. Well, this guy over there in England, me, figured out what was happening. And so he went over there to... to it comes from this one McDonald's. So I had to go to this McDonald's to get it right. So I ordered a meal, but I had been followed by the agency who keeps track of anybody who might be getting wise to them. They see me go in, he's buying the meal, send the drone to attack me. And of course I'm wise to their, to their tricks. So I get into this battle with the seagull and ultimately destroyed it. Unfortunately, my McDonald's meal was also made off with, so I don't have any evidence to prove this is the case, but it is. And I, th- I think you all know I'm a trustworthy person. So I'm just blowing it live here on story on the spot. Hey, Craig, when they sent the drones after you, were there size options for the drones? <laughs> They're like yeah, a I'm, regular I'm, drone. And a... yeah, I'm not that deep into it. So I, <laughs> I, I kind of felt slighted that they only sent that size if there were yeah. different sizes. To, to be honest, I'm a little insulted, but hey, maybe it's what it is. The super size ostrich. Drone. An attack ostrich. <laughs> That's what I That's would what, have expected, right? Respect, I mean? man. Yeah. <laughs> Evil emu. <laughs> at least it wasn't like a sparrow. <laughs> you want to come at the king, you better send an ostrich. That's what I'm saying. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, do you have a pitch for us about the uh, the seagull? Yeah. No, I I mean, clearly what we've got here, guys, is a, a, a story of nanotechnology that McDonald's has been developing uh, in light of, of recent... Um, uh, trending topics such as automating their systems and and using robotics and all that. Uh, Desiree, yes, I'm about to ruin. Uh, I'm about to ruin McDonald's for you, as well. <laughs> um, McDonald's has discovered that they uh, they don't necessarily need to automate their systems um, if they can actually automate the population of people who eat their food. And so, 
this guy has figured out that McDonald's has been putting nanobots inside their food, uh, in their nuggies specifically. And uh, so he gets some nuggies and, and starts, you know, eating these nanobots. Then he realizes he looks around and says, you know what? I can screw with McDonald's if I start getting all of the bird population in the UK since they're vicious. Thanks for that, Lisa. Um, I can get him get them full of nanobots and I can just mess up their entire like, you know, automation chain. So this basically is like his his little uh, defiant way to get back at McDonald's for doing this. Uh, so he goes out and uh, he gets McDonald's, tracks the, the pigeons and seagulls over there. And then uh, he's not actually biting them. He's just breathing. He's like green miling them. He's going <laughs> and putting the nanobots back on their uh, on their on their for, uh, feathers. And uh, that's science, guys. I mean, that's how that's how nanobots get into seagulls. So science. I do have to say that that uh, chicky nuggy nanobots is going to be a strong contender for the episode title. Nuggies are ruined forever. Yeah, sorry about that. My dog wants out, but he won't go. You going? All right. All right. Here's our second story. Now, this takes place in Australia. I will not be doing an accent, mm -hmm. but I would like to point out that this word here, C-A-I-R-N-S, in America, we would call that Karens, but in Australia, you'd pronounce it like cans. So I will be saying it the proper Australian way. An unnamed man in Cairns, North Queensland, Australia, posted notices offering a $100 prize to the person able to best impersonate Chewbacca, but the contest turned out to be a hoax designed to harass the woman who dumped him. The posters listed the woman's phone number and invited contestants to call and deliver their best Chewbacca roar. The woman, identified only as Matilda, said, I'm getting phone calls at really strange hours of the night. I thought it was quite funny, actually. A good joke. However, she drew the line when the ex abandoned his car without tires in the driveway of her home, blocking her in. So I guess it didn't, uh, it was started a little lighthearted and then she wasn't upset enough about it. He had to leave his car mm. in the driveway. Hmm. Who would like to be the first person to pitch us a story about the Chewbacca hoax? Which is I also a great episode Chewbacca. title, the Chewbacca hoax. Chewbacca. 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 Somebody's got to go, or I could call on somebody. <clears throat> I know Ray's ready to go, but he's he's hesitating because he already went first last time. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing. Thanks for noticing, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> uh, 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 Craig, why don't you go? What do you got? Craig, you're talking. Uh, first of all, I've got to give this guy's props for being so invested in this <clears throat> man um and for to the woman for at least seeing the humor in the first part of it um so what actually happened these two were actually former part they weren't love interests at all he, he's mad about the breakup of their their detective partnership they were he was they had a te detective agency together started it from the ground up and grew it to a size one. Then finally, she's like, you know, I'm done with this life. It's just, I got to look behind my back all the time. I can't sleep anymore at night and having nightmares. I'm just done with it. And what happened with their their past case, so he's trying to actually remind her of the good times to try to get her back into the agency. And all these things like the Chewbacca, the Roaring, the car without tires, all of that happened in their last case they had together. At which point the guy felt, you know what, we had a personal connection during that Chewbacca case. And all I have to do is replay all of these events to her and she'll remember and she'll figure out what she's missing. 
Um, turns out that the woman whose name is Lisa decided it, she actually was not. Hi, Badger. <laughs> I saw she was here. <laughs> name is Lisa Badger. And she actually hadn't felt that connection at all. And so she, this is going right over her head. And she's like, you know what? I, it was funny the first time, Phil, but now I'm just I'm just not into it. A, you're a nincompoop. B, I never liked you. And C, I'm not coming back to the agency. And so what it doesn't, what they don't say in the story, because it was just far too graphic, was that the third part of Phil's little, little gag uh, was to actually break into Lisa's house and reenact all of these stuff that she'd been having in her nightmares. And so, unfortunately, Lisa not badger in this case is no longer with us and phil is is waiting judgment as we speak there in, in australia Woof. Mm. shit got dark there at the end mm. <laughs> all right mm. what happened when you spring it on me i gotta go to the dark side <laughs> wow oh I, I see what you did there i see what you did there the dark side and Trek. Trek. Attaboy. Well done. Attaboy. Well done. i think it's lord of the rings though Nick. lord of the rings gotta, sorry my bad get it yeah. right. you know gandalf said it yeah um, <laughs> um I'll go. I got something you want to go? I'm sorry. Okay, That's fine. Okay, no. fine. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. All right. First off, I was about off, to do this. <laughs> when these hands come out. I'm sorry. I know, answer. man. I don't want no smoke with those hands when they're out, man. I got to get out of your way. Um, <laughs> so uh, remind me at some point to tell you guys the story about me uh, uh, in a fist fight with the Las Vegas Chewbacca impersonator. That That's a real thing. Um, <clears throat> regardless, let's go back to Australia. Uh, I think what happened here is that there was a murder, okay? And as the victim was being murdered, uh, she called her best friend, and her best friend didn't answer. And so the victim left a voicemail uh, on the best friend's phone, just running as she was being killed. And so the best friend obviously turns it over to the police. Uh, and the police, they they use as many forensic tools as they can to uh, try to extra extrapolate, like, who was there, what was the environment, like, what was happening. And in the back, they heard a Chewbacca roar. Well, their sound technicians could authenticate it, uh, that it wasn't actually from any of the uh, Star Wars movies, right? So they're operating under the assumption that it's someone it was who was committing the crime or in the room when the crime was being committed uh, was roaring like Chewbacca. And so they didn't know any good way to test people uh, who like to roar like Chewbacca. So they kind of Cinderella with the glass slippered this. They're running a ruse that there is a, uh, a contest and a hundred dollars people can call in, but the number they're actually calling uh, is the sound technicians uh, uh, answering machine. And they're all leaving these messages and the forensic guys are going through it, trying to match like the tenor and the timber of the voice uh, to the person who did it, and once they get a match, uh, they're gonna move in and they're gonna they're gonna arrest this person and find out what they were doing in the room the night that the victim was murdered. So that's what I think is happening. Nice, thanks, Ra. Okay, Nick, it's your turn. You've been waiting. I've been, been eager, ready to go. Before that, I think BJ, did you have a story about Vegas getting in, in a fight with? Yeah, well, it was it was no no actual blows were landed. All right. It oh. was close. I was there with uh, the family like and they know that, uh, you know, when the guys got those really terrible costumes and, uh, you know, they always want to, like, take a picture and get money. Well, you know, one of them, like, grabbed one of my kids and picked them up to take a picture. 
And I was not happy with this. I was like, hey, man, put the kid down. And so then he started cornering uh, Desi, trying to hit her up for money as I was hoarding the kids away from this crazy man. So uh, we were like nose to nose. And I had some choice words for him that my kids unfortunately repeat from time to time to me. <laughs> and, and they say, Dad, you said it to Chewbacca, so we can say it. And I go, you can't say these words to people. You can't go to ninth grade threatening to kill people. That's not okay, you know? <laughs> so in any, in any event, all's well that ends well. Chewbacca uh, was very perturbed that we didn't give him any money, but he's lucky that he didn't get, you know, the Han Solo treatment and drop him into sort of down in the fountain. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it was a weird day. So and what I take from that story is it's just really hard to see how far Chewbacca has fallen. It's, <laughs> it's pretty sad. It's pretty it's hard. Sad. It's hard out there, man. It's hard. And, it's, it's rough and out there. interestingly enough, uh, we were watching Netflix the other day and there's that like amazing food truck show or something. Mm. And that Chewbacca guy was walking past as they were selling food <laughs> on the Las Vegas strip. That's a real story. And Desi goes, is that? I go, yeah, that's him. That's him. Turn the channel, hon. Turn it. So, can't watch the show anymore. No, it's dead to me. Like it's it was so bad that you recognized him? Like, yeah. So it, wow. it, I always know him. And if I see him again, it's on on site. Mm. All right, Nick, your pitch. Oh, that was it. That, oh, that was your whole pitch. Story. So, I mean, we probably should just move on. All right. Um, well, I forgot. Now, let me see the thing again. Let me... Make sure I know what I'm back out here. What's the what's the oh, yeah, okay. Um, so Mathilda, um, I don't blame him for dumping her, uh, with a name like that, um, is actually stumbling, uh, accidentally stumbling upon, um, the uh, the the abduction and murder of her ex boyfriend. Uh, so this is the the all the up to the inciting incident of this story. What we have here is a clear case of a an amateur sleuth trying to do some good and uh, finding out that he's in over his head. So when Mathilda was dating her uh, her boy toy, um, they were both Star Wars fans, not crazy, but you know enough to go to conventions and things like that. And uh, they would see all the new releases. And, and what, what this guy noticed was that every time they'd go somewhere, there was this super Star Wars fan who was sort of scouting out his his girlfriend. He was sort of looking at Mathilda and, you know, the wrong way. And uh, and he he just he kept noticing this person. Uh, he was dressed as Chewbacca. Uh, said he was from Vegas. Uh, wore a Vegas Chewbacca costume every time. Just real, just total nincompoop. And um, what he did was uh, he started stalking this girl, this Mathilda girl. And so um, his her her boyfriend decided he's going to take it upon himself to find this guy. So they ended up breaking up. But this guy was like, "Hey, I'm still going to find this creeper because I think he's going to do something to Mathilda, and that's not that's not cool, you know." Um, so he started this um, this competition, um, knowing that this guy would most likely. Uh, it's a small town, you know, so it's most likely he would he would be joining, he would be um, uh, auditioning, if you will. Um, and he did. And then when the guy, when the stalker found out that um, he had been played by this 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 kid, um, he showed up to Mathilda's house to uh, do whatever it was going to do, and found the the amateur sleuth there in the driveway. And so he abducted him and he stole his tires uh, and wheels as a, as a warning, just as we all do when we abduct somebody, we just 
I take the time to take the wheels off as well. It's only uh, natural. Up the blocks. We carry some. We carry four cinder blocks with us at all times, just in case the abduction <laughs> situation up. happens. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and so, this is all just a warning to her that uh, he's coming for her, and uh, he's already taken out her uh, her ex boyfriend. Yay! I, I really like the idea of uh, of like a couple breaking up and the the boyfriend trying to to keep you know some un, unknown like evil from befalling her while like tap dancing and not looking like a stalker and stuff that's actually that'd mm. be a really cool story to write it's not a bad idea maybe you should take that and uh, write something yeah, kevin's so, probably wrote it he's watching to reddit already Kevin uh, Tomlinson couldn't be here today because he had uh, Judge Judy drafted him into jury duty. So he is serving on a TV jury right now and couldn't get out of it. We wish him all the best. Um, so we don't have a bonus round today, but I want to tease something that I'm working on. Mm. And um, I'm not going to say anything else about it right now. I'll just let your imagination work. This is something I'm still workshopping, but we'll be bringing that as a bonus. You call it basic pitches. Basic yeah. pitches. Yeah. Jim's bad pitches. That was the name of his uh, female acapella group in in college. <laughs> bunch of bad pitches. A bunch um, of bad pitches. <laughs> so um, yeah, I want to remind everybody if you're watching or listening. Well, if you're listening, you can't. But if you're watching, you can vote uh, after each round. You don't have to be watching live to vote because I tally up. I actually do tally up the votes every week for each person uh, to determine who the winner is. Um, all right, so we can move on to our next story. This is called What a Way to Go. Mm. And it's a Whataburger story, but Kevin's not here uh, because everyone in Texas loves Whataburger unconditionally. <laughs> a Whataburger location in Bastrop, Texas, was the scene of a gruesome plunge to an oily demise. As customers waited in line at the counter, kitchen workers tried to catch a mouse scampering across the food prep counter. A customer captured the scene on video as the mouse, fleeing a person trying to trap it, leapt into a fryer full of hot grease. On the video, an employee can be heard asking, who else needs a refund? <laughs> nice little punchline there at the end. And so who among you, brave gentlemen, can take this little prompt and turn it into a story? The mouse running around in the kitchen. Everybody started to notice. Then the mouse jumped into the fryer and became flash fried mouse and everybody apparently saw it Alrighty. um so in the in the basement already did you have something oh no you first okay. sir <laughs> i insist i didn't want to cut you off you no sir we're good thank you <laughs> so in the basement of this whataburger location is a laboratory this it's just a front obviously um, anytime I have a story pitch or anything like that, you can assume that the business is not the actual business or something else going on. And there's a laboratory in the, in the, the basement and they're, what they're trying to do is figure out how to change the size of objects, living objects. <clears throat> and so this guy has been the subject of, of, uh, uh, these experiments and they take homeless people off the street and use them because nobody's going to miss them, all that kind of thing. Well, they finally succeeded in shrinking human forms and so it's not a mouse that's running around it's actually this tiny little homeless guy and he's they but they, what they forgot to, what they forgot please keep to going do, however was to change the size is he the, like running on his arms and legs or how does this work i mean no, like no, an no, anamorph here or? 
but they forgot to say, oh, if he gets smaller, he's going to be able to get through the bars of the cage. And so, or so he's like, he's still got his two legs, but he's like wearing a front to back mouse costume. Is that what? No, they just they called it a mouse because that would be much less horrifying, would it not? I mean, it's horrifying to us, but when you think about in comparison to a tiny human, uh, penniless, yes, it's, it's even worse. Um, so anyway, he's getting up and he's running around the restaurant, and it's like, you know, how are we gonna? We have to find a way to not only catch him, but to dispose of the remains because if we just squash him. Like, oh, you'll be able to, oh, look, he's wearing a flannel shirt. Clearly, you know, it's not a mouse. So they're like, well, if he dumps into the oil and fries himself, but he is you know, be covered in batter, you can't, you, this guy's going to look like any other nugget or chicken tender or whatever. And so they kind of hurt him in that direction and shoo him right into the oil and flash oh, fry. Batter. And so he jumped go. into, um, like, the bowl of uh, flour and then the bowl of egg wash. Right, yeah, they, they the set it all up on and a row. And fried yeah. Yeah. Of course. They set it on a row on the counter. He's just like, dun, dun, dun. Yes. It's like a Nickelodeon show. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant plan. That a proper roll in each one of them, too. Yeah, absolutely. And nobody would have known. He just looked like a regular chicken tender, chicken finger, whatever they call him at Whataburger. I've never been there. But <laughs> you would never know. Chicken. You would never know. Look delicious. Oh, right. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you very much, Craig. Now, um... Uh, Nick or a, who's going to work in Chicky Nuggy Nanobots? Mm. I'm good if if Nick uh, if you want me to go, Nick, I'm, I'll go. Well, I, I'm just I'm here just trying to first of all, I've been to this Bastrop Waterburger, so I'm trying to just get my mind around like if I ate a tiny little chicken nugget man, <laughs> I was there. I don't particularly remember it, but I mean, they have that fancy ketchup there, so maybe it just tasted like chicken. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> All right, if you want to go, go ahead. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, um, I, I'm thinking more of like a, uh, uh, like a mid a mid grade uh, story here, and I think that our protagonist is a is a girl uh, who works at the Whataburger, and in her off time, um, she's really like a bookworm. You know, she's in. You know, her, her library at school doesn't have enough uh, books for her. So she's always, you know, going to the one in town and, and she's doing all these things that she cans to kind of expand her mind. And she runs into a book that talks about the uh, the final resting place of uh, uh, a relic from uh, one of the last crusades. So it's kind of got a an Indiana Jones like vibe uh, to the whole thing. And so she does everything she can to, to learn more and learn more and learn more. Well, uh, there was a clan of sentient mice who in the middle ages took it upon themselves to defend this treasure and to make sure that no one would ever uh, uh, find it. Right. Because obviously if you find it, you'll unleash the end of the world. You know, I know you guys, you specifically know books about the end of the world and stuff. That's not really my bag, but you know, I know you could come up with something for that. You know, but, you're good but at the middle-aged mice. You've got that. Oh, I've got that down. I got that down. Dude. That's kind of your. That's your jam, right? I don't. I don't need anybody. That's my wheelhouse, bro. Um, you minored in mice in college. I did for sure, for sure. Um, Templar mice. You should no put less. them in Mycenaean era. Uh, I love it. Sorry, Templar mice, Mycenaean era. So, um, that this mouse is the first emissary from these Templar mice trying He's to keep our fairy. Huh? Emissary. Exactly. An emissary from the Templar mice 
uh, trying to steer our heroine away from looking too deeply into this. And when she rightly freaks out about a sentient talking mouse, uh, he realizes he's been exposed. And, you know, as goes with their code, they're not allowed to be taken into custody because, you know, they, they know too much. So uh, his swan dive into the grease was his way uh, out of the situation. He doesn't have a little cyanide capsule. You know, they're mice. I mean, they talk, but there's only so much they can do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what we're dealing with here. And then our heroine is going to go on uh, to uncover the mystery and find the relic and save the world. So that's an interesting tale. <laughs> hey, oh, I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm full of the puns. All right, Nick, we're coming up on a half an hour, so this will probably be our yeah. last, our last pitch of the day. Which means this is this is the answer, guys. Final answer here. Um, clearly, we got a case of some social media um, influencer trying to make a name for herself. Um, what she's done is she's partnered up with her um, robotics uh, MIT graduate brother, who is uh, a specialist in micro robotics, um, which is a thing I just invented, um, where you build like little RC versions of realistic looking devices like uh, or uh, uh, biological things like mice, for example. Um, well, you people. There's, there's like a RC boat that's actually an alligator head, a crocodile head. It's pretty cool. And like you just it, it looks like an alligator head floating on the river. Um, so he makes that kind of stuff. Um, and so what she's done is uh, she's kind of found a niche that, um, you know, deep fake videos were kind of their specialty before, but she's found that she gets a lot more traction with real, um, real situations. And so she's sort of working her way up to a, to a, like a mea culpa kind of ending of the opus, you know, but th this is like one stop along the way where she, um, she's got her brother made this little RC mouse that he's controlling remotely um, and, uh, and it's running around causing all kinds of, uh, Rick and havoc in there. And of course he's directed it exactly toward the fryer pan and she's just there with her phone ready to capture all of it. Um, because it gets her the, the fancy internet points that's going to apparently turn into money for her. So this is, this is what's going on here. Just a classic case of a social media influencer trying to, to just get her, build her kingdom, build her empire. Yeah, there's a new Instagram account, or it's probably not new, but it's new to me called Influencers in the Wild. It's pretty funny. It's videos of people trying to make social media videos mm. and stuff. Pretty funny. Anyway, yeah, that was Influencers in the Wild. Who's our new sponsor for the show? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Storms is Pop brought to you by uh, Fried Mouse, Fried Mice, and <laughs> Influencers in the Wild. Three Fried so, Mice. So down below, I'm displaying our websites. That would be jimheskett.com, nickthacker.com, ramkagi, also known as ramagee.com, and mrcraigahart.com. Kellen Tomlinson was not able to join us today, but instead of memorizing all those websites, all you have to remember is storyonthespot.live. And if you go there, you'll find all our past episodes, as well as <clears throat> links to uh, follow the show on Facebook and YouTube and all of our individual websites. And make sure you get those capital letters right because that's that's part of the URL. <laughs> yeah, it's case sensitive. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not case sensitive. <laughs> I just wanted it to be easier to read, Nick. Gosh. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Does anybody have any parting wisdom for us before we sign off for the day? Anybody have anything to like promote or talk about? Oh, that was beautiful. Um, you like that? That was good. That was a softball, man. You're such a good guy. Listen, uh, I have my second book in the Porter series called Moving Target. It's free right now for a couple of days. 
Go to your Amazon store in whatever country you're in. You can pick it up for free. Uh, you'll like it. It's good stuff. At least I think so. So enjoy yourself. Get a free book and uh, read it. And let me know. Tell me next week what you thought of it or uh, hit me up with an email and uh, let's chat. So, all right. Look at that. All right, everybody. Thanks for coming uh, today and we'll see you next week. Bye.